Hi guys, and welcome to season two, episode one of What They Don't Tell You About. I am so chuffed to be able to do this second series. I actually started recording these in March, then the lockdown hit, and so I've been trying to figure out how to do it over the interweb for a while now, and I'm so happy that I can finally do it. Some of these episodes might have a little bit of a pop and a crackle because they are recorded over Wi-Fi, bar this one that we've got today, which was actually recorded pre-pandemic. So just bear that in mind. I won't touch too much on COVID as I'm sure you've all been inundated with info 24-7 and I want to keep this podcast nice, calm and a place you can get away probably from the outside world. This week on the podcast, we have Peloton instructor Benjamin Aldis. We talk things health, fitness, marathon training, balance, food. Ben is not only an amazing Peloton instructor, he's a great friend. So it was really great to have him on the podcast. So enjoy. How are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Good. So today um, we've got Ben on the podcast because we're going to tell you what they don't tell you, everything about health, exercise, diet. And I mean, first of all, I'd like a backstory of how you got into fitness and how you are now with Peloton. For sure. It's been a bit of a journey, actually. I've been in the industry for about five years now. Um, So long story short, I used to be a sportsman when I was a kid. So um, I did athletics, rugby, football, um, so ran athletics at quite high standard. Um, essentially went into university, did economics and like played rugby. So I was still doing sport. I got my personal training qualification while I was at university. And then as I finished, I was sort of pushed into the world of finance, thinking it was like the be all and end all. So my career started going on in finance, um, so I sort of dropped the personal training stuff. And then after about a year into my job in finance, I was like, there's something really missing. Um, I really want to sort of find something more fitness related, something like that. Um, so I started doing personal training, like one-on-one, because I already have my personal training um, qualification. And then it sort of started building up. This was alongside my job in finance, which I was doing five days a week, as working in private equity. Um, so it's pretty busy doing uh, PTs at the weekend and then I started teaching classes at a boutique studio um, in London. So that was sort of the beginning of my sort of group fitness instructing and then from there just got bigger and bigger and bigger. Went from teaching like two classes to like 10 classes a week alongside my job in finance. Um, And then yeah, so two, I think two years down the line of doing that, living like a double life as such. it just became a bit crazy and I was sort of looking for other options and then got contacted by Peloton. At the time I had no idea what the company, um, what, who the company were. I, I had a vague idea that they were like a big company in the US but um, in the UK they weren't really a, very large at the time or they weren't existent at all. Um, so I got approached by the master instructor Cody Rigsby. He came to my class, tapped me up and said, um, hey can I take you for a coffee and I had no idea really who he was. So I said, sure like let's grab coffee and then quickly things happen and he was like we'd love you to come for an audition um the process is pretty long so it's between like three and six months Mm -hmm. and then one thing led to another and it i went through this whole process and suddenly 
they'd offered me a job and I was leaving my job in finance and amazing it was suddenly a big opportunity for me to say so you left your job in finance when you joined Peloton yes because when I knew Ben Ben what I mean you were waking up at (laughs) at the most abnormal hour teaching three classes going to your job and then were you teaching the evenings too uh I used to cover some class in the evening it was a bit mental actually like looking back on that I was working between six and seven days a week I was doing five days in finance, um, working a job in private equity, so often working at weekends, and then doing, I think it was classes Mondays, Wednesdays, and then sometimes Fridays, and then at the weekends as well. So classes started at six, I believe, I can't quite remember, which means you have to be up by 5.30, or probably earlier, to the gym, did between one and two classes in the morning, and then straight to the office. So I'd be like that guy from his gym kit into his work clothes straight to the office. Um, but to be honest, it was I was loving it so much. It was like begin began as a hobby, but then became like like not an obsession, but I really yeah. was enjoying it. Like it's such a fantastic industry to be in, and also it's very rewarding. Yeah. Um, so it was really cool to start interacting with similar people to me. Um, it was a growing industry at the time. I think boutique fitness was just kicking off. Mm. So yeah, it was really exciting. But then it was like two jobs were getting a bit crazy and in reality it was getting a bit much and the burnout was upon us quite soon. I can imagine. (laughs) But did you know when you went into taking up all these classes that you actually wanted, the end goal was to then be doing fitness solely or did you actually just think oh I'll just do a few classes and then I'll continue with finance for the long term if I'm totally honest I just did it just for a bit of fun um so I I was going to a lot of boutique classes with friends and thinking this is great getting really really in shape and feeling really great about getting back into the industry um and then suddenly I think I was at one of the boutique gyms and the manager was like I really I think you should become a trainer or like try to become a trainer and I sort of looked at her and thought you're crazy. Like I, I don't have any time, mm. but sure, let's give it a go. So I'll I started, make time. I started teaching spin classes. I think I taught like one or two a week and then it just grew and grew. Um, but it's great. Like I think anyone who works in the fitness industry like knows it's such a rewarding mm. job and there's so much to it. And it's, it's pretty, it's hard work, but it's so rewarding that people just have a hunger that's for it's sure. really infectious. Because I remember I did one of your classes, I think, in the morning. And even when I felt tired, I just had to remember. I was like, this is probably Ben's third class. If Ben can do three, <laughs> you can do one, hun. And actually, that. knowing that other people can do that, like even, I mean, we're hopefully touching on this later, but like sometimes when I did a marathon and I used to run these long distances, even running 5K now, I'm like, even when I think about stopping, and I do think about stopping when I do a 5K, I'm like... You ran a marathon. You can do more than you think totally, you can. Totally. So, like, definitely seeing other people makes you um, yeah. push a little bit harder. And, and I'm, like, constantly motivated. But, I mean, I, I work with some seriously impressive people, like a Peloton. And, like, I'm constantly motivated seeing what they're up to and the things that they do and the collabs that they, they're having in with people and organisations. And I think that's, that's how you level up, right? Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm a big believer of you are number three of the five people you spend your most time with. Oh, I like that. Um, and it's it's true, like, and I think something, it was, I think my dad told me when I was younger that this theory, mm. and so throughout my my life, I've always tapped into it. And it's like, whoever you surround yourself with, whoever you associate yourself with, that's 
probably where your trajectory is going to go as long as you try and keep up with people around you. I really like that. Um, so yeah. So I think that probably ties into the first myth. So the importance of sleep, basically, and exercise. So I'm obsessed. I don't know if you guys know with this sleep scientist called Matthew Walker. <laughs> He's done so many podcasts and he has a book out called Why We Sleep. And basically, before I read that, I was getting up at like 5 a.m. after going to bed late, like 11, 30, 12, waking up 5 a.m. and going to the gym because I think people associate getting up super early and gymming is like, it's the best form to wake up or whatever but I soon learned after reading and listening to these podcasts that without sufficient sleep your risk of injury is higher you actually don't have the most beneficial workout I mean you obviously reach for worse foods and so it did completely change my mindset but Mm. it's hard when you see other people get up super early um super early and you think well wait but they're gymming and they're fine how did you find that I guess when you had to wake up super early did you ever burn out do you feel tired I think the reality is is that I was on a bit of a a quest to be I mean anyone who works in finance um knows that there's a bit of a culture around you gotta be the the hardest worker in the industry Mm. and like that normally means long hours and and sort of this mentality around oh I didn't don't need much sleep is, is, is not a massive thing, but it is an element of it, of like the industry. And I think it really should be crushed because same thing, I listen to those podcasts, listen yeah. to his TED Talks, and it opens your eyes up to like how damaging it is to not have enough sleep. And also it's not just qual- um, quantity of sleep, it's quality of sleep. Mm. Um, so yeah, like, I'm fascinated by it as well. Um, for anyone who hasn't, listened or watched that's definitely something I would hugely mm, recommend sure. just to tap into and it's they're quite short as well some of them right so they're like I think his TED Talks 20, are like 20 minutes, minutes. Um, but just to tap into the fitness side of things like um, if you do go to the gym sleep for example is, is a massive um, influence on your growth hormone so if you're looking to get stronger and fitter in the gym if you're not getting enough sleep all the work you're doing in the gym isn't getting isn't gonna basically, you're not gonna see the benefits. Mm. Um, so that's definitely something super important. Your sex hormones are a massive impact. I know, I heard so all this. if you don't get enough sleep, you're, you're gonna, your libido is gonna be super low. So it's like, there's so many factors, and it's, I think it's the most underrated, um, like, aspect of our mental health and our, mm. and our health generally for people. Um, so yeah, it's definitely something to think about. Do you find you have a better workout when you've had more sleep? Yes, 100%. And I don't know if you guys on the podcast have heard, but um, about Whoop or fitness trackers generally. No. It's something I'm I'm a big advocate of. Um, I think it's, I think they're great. I think some people initially, their perception is, oh, I don't want to track that. It's too much. Like, I don't want to know. But for me, I don't think of it as um, a finite tracker it's just an awareness thing. Yeah. It's like if you go to have a test for your blood or if you have a test of X, Y, Z, it's better to know so you can deal with the... So what is it exactly? So it tracks your uh, sleep. And what is it? Is it like... So it's a band. It's a band. It's is a that, band. Is that, is that what you're wearing? Here, yeah. Okay, Ben's wearing it. Um, so I've tested a lot of them out. So I've mm-hmm. had an aura ring. I've, I've, someone is, told me yeah, about which this. which is fantastic. So I'd actually recommend the aura ring if you're looking to just look at sleep. Um... This basically breaks down your sleep cycle. It showcases like if you had a good night's sleep, mm. shows your rest, um, and then gives you an, sort of an outline on how recovered you are. 
So in terms of training, you can then go into your training session thinking, you know what, I'm at like 80% today, I can go pretty hard. Or the opposite, if you're flagging that day, maybe just take it a bit easier. Since I've been using it, my progress, my also my mental health, has been a lot better because you can limit your fatigue a lot better. Wow. Um, generally, like, I used to just hit every session at 100% because yeah. I thought that was the best way for it. Yeah. But actually, if you haven't had enough sleep and you try and do that, you're going to, like, hit yeah. fatigue and then you won't be able to train properly for two, three days. Do you, do you normally get... Do you normally have like a deep sleep most nights or are you a good sleeper? No. Really? <laughs> well like I'm I'm super busy so like the issue with that is that that comes with stress. And yeah. Even totally. I, I I used to. I used to. I don't know what's what's happening these days, but um I still I think I'm more aware. Yeah. So maybe it's probably the same, but I'm more aware now. So you get to see the lines of where you drop yeah. into REM sleep, how much REM sleep you have. Things like that. Um, but I'm massive on, like, sleep cleanliness. Yeah. So... What are your top tips? My top tips are no phones before bed. Agreed. Or if you do use phones, uh, put the nightlight on or wear blue lens glasses, I think they're called. Do you have a pair of them? I've got a pair of do them. Do you actually? I don't wear them every night, but I wear them <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> uh, things like... Um, Humidifiers are great for me. Oh, really? Uh, I've seen a lot of people with them. So what's the benefit? Because it's it's the scent um, sends, I think apparently like chemicals through your through your body to relax. Nice. I love meditation. I don't do enough of it, but it is a fantastic opportunity to just like bring your stresses down yeah. and like chuck everything away. I'm so honestly, I'd love to get into meditation, but I think yeah. it's one of those things that I just don't think. I'm, it's probably a mental thing. I don't mm. think I can meditate. Have you used uh, any of the apps? I've tried using Calm. Yes. Um, but I just like I'm in my head. I'm like, am I doing this right? And it's and I guess it's but just think, hard to switch off. I I'm I think everyone feels like that. To yeah. Start with. So you have to find your own zone. Like I still don't think I've fully nailed it, but I know it's still beneficial. Mm. So it's not this like crazy like. Mm, yeah you like, think I'm like right I'm in another world <laughs> I now I think it's just an opportunity to like take yourself outside of the busy yeah. crazy life you're living and just centre yourself yeah and like bring your energy back to sort of like nice back to the middle so I think try it like I mean Peloton do offer great meditation classes we're doing more and more sort of like um, wellness like not just fitness that's I think I've seen them um, yeah because I do a few of the cycle classes which I absolutely love so what is your first kind of myth or idea I like to bring to the table um, you should be training every day for optimal fitness as a myth um, I think this is super important to tap into for various reasons like I was definitely of um, sort of suspect or to this when I first started jumping back into boutique fitness I became like fully obsessed with these boutique classes in London or like just training so much because mm. I was getting the endorphins rushing from my body yeah. and I felt so great every time I did, did a workout. But the issue with this is that the burnout comes, the fatigue comes, like every time you work out, your CNS system's getting hit yeah. and the CNS fatigue builds up. So I think it's something that's, I definitely, consistency in training is fantastic and having a structured week around your fitness training is also great. But this idea of like the more workouts you do, the better is 
I don't believe is 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 a hundred percent like good. Um, rest days are so important. Like it's 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 crazy. Like since I've joined Peloton, like we are on the bike five days a week. I also do probably three between three and four sessions strength training a week. Mm-hmm. And since I've actually been sleeping properly, resting, meditating, yeah. Like you can notice such a difference. It's crazy. Mm. Like I hit my training sessions like double as hard, and like the progress you see is is just great. Yeah. Do you um do you take how often how many rest days do you take a week? Would you say for you? So I take um, at least one full day where I do absolutely nothing. And is this a day you'll also like? Because for me, I'll have like on Saturday or Sunday, I'll have like. It's like my cheat day yeah. where I'll eat what I want, do what I want, drink what I want. And yeah. do you have one of those? For sure, yeah. I think like Sunday for me is like um, a day just to chill out. Whatever happens, happens. Like if I'm going to sit on the sofa for eight hours and watch Netflix, yeah. that happens. It's one of the worst things right now, isn't it? When it just like ticks over. Yeah, and then it's like you're still watching <laughs> and you're like, you're like who's asking? Is this sixth or seventh episode? Um, yeah. So yeah, so I, I think one of those days a week is, is key. Yeah. Because... Especially for someone like myself or people who are big fitness advocates, like you need an opportunity just to take your brain out of it. Yeah. Um, and I do, I do like this aspect of like rest and recovery through um, yoga, meditation, or doing something a bit different. But I also think for your mental health, it's sometimes good just to step away and just yeah. and just forget about it, so you can then have, be totally recharged to go in on a Monday or go in on whenever what day that is for you with an extra bit of energy yeah or even um because i know there's loads of guides and things out there and people telling you what you should and shouldn't do but there's like do you do hit training every day or because some people say don't do hit training every day because that's not good for you or don't do weight training every day but is it just a case of like listening to how your body feels um or like you know how you say have a rest day do you mm. do hit every day do you do so i i'm i'm actually um I'm, I'm a strength and condition coach mm. so I'm big on sort of like training muscles specifically yeah um, so obviously Peloton is is currently cycle related mm. like in America we have the treadmill and um, yoga meditation but currently in the UK mm. it's just cycle um, so I'm on the bike a lot so for me it's how do I work different muscles that aren't the same as help what the bike yeah. is working because if you're overworking those muscles, there's going to be instabilities across your whole body. So, and going probably on, I think it's important also to, to mix up your training. Yeah, because I just, um, I was saying to Ben before, he put something interesting out on his socials that I'm so guilty of it that I will do the same. So I will try and mix it up as much as I can to my knowledge. Like I'll do cardio, then I'll do weights and I'll either do for me leg day, arm day or whatever. And I'm so guilty of doing the same arm workout every single time I do it, the same leg workout, and not noticing any difference. Mm. Because I'll do like 10 reps, 10 reps, 10 reps, three times, then done. But then I get so confused with like, what's a good superset or like whatever. But I just need to like do a bit of research, actually see the different things I could do, try it out with my body. Mm. And because I just thought, you know, if I run the same every day or if I do the same weights every day, that's... I'm good. Yeah, I think it's that. That's a crazy myth, like really, that is around. Like people think. I think consistency in the fitness industry is fantastic, and like from generally programs, like a focus around consistency. But cross training for me is 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 vital for progress. Mm. Um, 
both cross-training and also the idea of progressive overload. So for people who don't know, this is um, a concept around basically getting, um, to, get, to get stronger, you need to either increase your frequency, increase your intensity, or increase basically the weight that you're putting on your body. So essentially, you're, all of these things are um, putting more stress on your body, but that's, in order in, or to put that stress in your body, that's how you get the results. Mm. Um, so for me, if I take on a client, for example, or if we're working with people at Peloton, we encourage people to push themselves outside their comfort zone or push that little bit extra 1%. The reason why trainers generally say that is because if you go that extra 1%, like your body then learns that slightly new zone mm. and it gets, you, you, you then can adapt towards that. Yeah. So if you're doing the same weights, and the same exercises every day. Yeah. There's still a huge benefit in that because you're still sweating, you're still getting yeah. endorphins, but there's less scope for um, progress. Yeah. And I think a concept that I love to talk about is about value for your time. Mm-hmm. So if you if you want to work out for 30 minutes, it's great if you go and get a workout done in 30 minutes. But if you can get the most efficient workout possible done in 30 minutes, then even better. Yeah. Because like 30 to 60 minutes is about is actually probably enough. Yeah if you do the right exercises and at an intensity which is right for you. Well, that was exactly what I had today. Like in my head, um, I've got these like running classes that I've made up um, <laughs> basically. And um, I'd love to go into that, actually discuss like people's like gym strategies. Like, oh yeah, I mean, such like crazy. For me, uh, my gym strategy is I'll mainly change up my cardio. So I will do a Peloton nice. uh, two or three times a week cycle. <laughs> Uh, I'll do the stepper or a different bit of cardio, then I'll do weights. But for example, I ran today and I will do like my own little inclines and like running. And then normally I'd stay around the same beaten track. Like I'll do the same speed and the same incline and whatever. And then I did a class the other day. And sometimes, and I mean, this is what is the great thing about Peloton is that like when I buy classes in London, they are so expensive. Mm. And that can also be off-putting, I think, to people when classes are so expensive. But I do feel like I get a benefit. So I did, um, for example, a Barry's the other day. Mm. And I did it and I ran a lot faster because I'm in an environment where people are watching you, which makes you naturally want to do better out of like a competitive side. So then today I was on the treadmill. I was like, you ran faster two days ago, so you can (laughs) run faster today. And I think exactly. And I was like, I only had 30 minutes. Mm. I was like, you've only got 30 minutes to do the best workout you can do. So I ran faster, even though I felt I felt like I couldn't. Mm. And actually, I felt better for it. And now it gives me a bit more confidence in the future yeah. that I can run faster. But I guess, is there a limit? There is a limit, but through a through a strength cycle, for example, and, and this can be this can be adapted to any training. So if you're looking to get faster. The idea is that you run faster, 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 and then take a break, a break, a break week or a um, yeah. deload week. Faster, 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 deload week. So there is a limit, but like if you're, and let's be honest, progressive overload isn't a sort of straight line. You're going to see dips, you're going to see like spikes, but the general trend across your three month or whatever your plan is, is going to be if you stick to your trying to increase it a little bit every. Yeah two days every week is gonna you're gonna see progress yeah um but if you're not if you're not trying to push yourself that extra one percent then you're gonna stay at a similar sort of for sure zone because your body is gonna adapt you're also mentally not gonna like for sure you'll probably get to a strength stronger but then you think oh this is fine
Well, that goes into um, our next, my next myth. So you and I both run the marathon, and yes. honestly, I've I've not come from a runner's background um, at all. And also, I mean, I'll touch on how I got into fitness. I was never really into fitness, and when I was at uni, when I was um, studying every day, I was literally out of boredom. I was like, "What can I do to get out of the library I love these for an hour?" So I'd go to the gym and do this guide that I found online. That all the girls <laughs> were doing or whatever. And I was rubbish. I was literally rubbish in the gym. Mm. But, like, it gave me an hour to get out of the library. Um, So I went and then continually got a little bit better, a little bit better. But I've never been able to, like, run that far or whatever. And then um, I signed up for the marathon. And I've also had a really bad back um, for for a long time. And while I was at uni, especially, like, sitting at a desk and whatever... Mm. um, wasn't conducive to having a good back so I would sometimes there were days where I couldn't get out of bed um, went through osteos physios MRIs acupuncture like everything and then I was like do you know what I really want to run the marathon to also do a marathon but also everyone's like you shouldn't run a marathon because you've got a bad back and I was like I don't want someone to tell me that I can't do something tell me how I can do it 100%. with something that I'm there's struggling with there's, look at the people that run or to do the marathon in wheelchairs in exactly like so so I, I had this amazing trainer at the time he's called Anthony Fletcher um, and he specializes in like back back problems and whatever and he, he I thought initially so I first of all when I first signed to do, up to the do the marathon I got a plan online mm. and it was scary it is scary and it was just like the general virgin London marathon plan and I was like, oh my God, a lot of it was like running every single day. Yeah. And I was like, and then Fletch was like to me, look, you don't run every day for the marathon. I was like, what do you mean you don't run every day? Like I'm running 20, 26 miles here. <laughs> like obviously I need to run every day. I Just can't even run 10K. How long out were you? Like, how long did you have? I gave myself a lot of time. Okay. So it was like, well, this. December. But, it, but it's like a uni dissertation, right? Where oh, like, no, this was from uni. So this was uni was like five years ago. So continue. No, no, no. So I'm talking about the marathons like uni dissertation. Yeah. Where you're like, yeah, 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 yeah. I'll, just, I'll do, it, do it. And then you're like, oh, my God, it's yeah. two weeks away. Completely. <laughs> and then you're like, I haven't even got my like yeah. citations so start, and whatever. Like, how long did you start? So I was... And then after uni and stuff, I was really into fitness. Um, but not good at running. So then, because I had a bad back, I just wanted to make sure I did everything correct because yeah. I was like, I do not want to like ruin this, but I also want to do it. So like December, so that's December, January, February, March, five months. Okay. Um, and it was really slow at the beginning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that's I struggled right, with ten k's. Yeah. I mean, even now, I think I'm not. I wouldn't be able to do how long I did before ever. But ten k is like still a long way. Yeah. Like that's that's a challenge. Like even I used to be a sprinter. So a 10K is like, pfft. yeah, <laughs> for me. And it was, it was, it's, it's a mammoth task. Like the mammoth. Yeah. So then he told me, look, we're going to do a lot of strength training. And I think a lot of it was mental. I was like, well, I, I, I can't deadlift. Like I've got a bad <laughs> yeah. back. And he was like, you think you can't deadlift, but you can. And mm. you just need to know how to do it properly. And honestly, now after doing that, I don't have a bad back. I run, run well, I think. And it's great, but I definitely think you and I will probably have different training plans. Yeah. But did you find that running every day 
was what you thought you'd have to do as well. Yeah, I mean, you look at the plans, I think typical plans, like 16 to 20 weeks long, you run like three to five times a week, like you increase your training um, mileage across the race day. And I and I, I was running for um, a charity and super excited and then like, I was doing it while I was working seven days a week. So I was like, yeah, yeah, I'll do, I'll, was I'll do my Was this when you were doing finance as yeah, well? Yeah, so I was oh like, I do God, my running, I do my running. And then like, I joined a team. So like, there was ultramarathon runners, there was... Um, the Twice Health Girls who are like fantastic. Oh yeah, I know them. But they're like, they ran like ultramarathons like for fun. And so I thought, oh, yeah, I'll just join their training group and we'll see. Anyway, one thing led to another, I hadn't done much running like up until, <laughs> I'd been training loads, so I was like fit. But suddenly the the marathon was coming. I was doing like Versa Climber. I was doing mm. like strength training. And then I think I went for my first 10K at I think I went for my first 10... No, I went... I did a half marathon on Christmas Day or Boxing Day or something. Like, crazy. It was just one of those, like, crazy... Like, what? Need, and you hadn't trained get, for it, really? I hadn't really trained for it. I was just like, let's just see how far I can run. So I went and just ran a half marathon. And I was like, that was painful, but it felt all right. Yeah. So then I think you... Well, you got... You probably, like... How long was it? April? Yeah. So you got five months? Four or five months, yeah. I don't think I ran... Four months. Many more times up until two really? months prior yeah two one months prior because I'll be honest going for a long run it takes a lot of time yeah it takes a lot of energy and this is me just being vulnerable and being honest like I it, it just got um, the plan again was, was scary and it's yeah. like I can't do that did you have did you just find a plan online that you kind of thought yeah so you look online right yeah and, and they're telling you to run like 10k 15k yeah. 20k like that is the way forward and like for someone who has never run before and whoever's listening i would definitely recommend following a similar plan but like knowing that included within that running miles you need to be doing your strength and conditioning um because a lot of the marathon is having this ability to actually for your joints and your body to actually maintain that force yeah. for the whole um sort of like mileage um, but as well as that, I think yoga, meditation, like all this stuff incorporated into yeah. your training should be key. Yeah. And I think there's so much focus around getting your miles in. And I think half of that is mental. Well, I did. Um, I really do. I only did, like, I think I only did 18 miles as my longest run before the marathon. And everyone was like, that is not long enough. You can't do that. And I was like, but I, for me, that's okay, I think. Mm. I mean, the marathon was possibly the hardest thing I've ever done. <laughs> yeah. um, I won't lie. Uh, what, at what point were you like, I actually don't think I can do this? So, I mean, <laughs> honestly, I thought I was like Paula Radcliffe up until like mile 10. And I was like, oh my God, I've got yeah. 16 Is miles to go. Like, at halfway, I, I ran a sub, like one, I, I ran a sub three at halfway. So I was like 120 or something. And I was like, this is actually like, <laughs> what? Like, cause I was keeping up with these yeah. ultramarathons. And I was thinking, like, this is not bad at all. And then suddenly at, like, mile yeah. <laughs> 18, 19, you're like, oh, oh I get this it now. is it. This is what it's supposed to feel like. And it's you really a, not... It, the wall is, like, there. It's real. The wall is, like, <laughs> a hard brick wall. And so I think I overtook both these these two ultramarathon girls who are absolute machines. And I, I was, like, getting really confident. And I was, I'm going to cruise this. This is easy. And then... One of, I think they both overtook me and then one of them got injured so I overtook, overtook them again. But it's just such a fantastic feeling, right? Like oh, the it's whole amazing. Experience, like London Marathon in particular is 
so great like it's just the whole way along you have people cheering and I think I stopped on two occasions and I probably stopped for about five seconds because everyone's like what are you doing like run along and I like they don't know me they just know see yeah. my name and they're just shouting they go for it um, I remember I tried to stop at one point and I could feel the lactic acid building up in my leg <laughs> and I was like look if you're gonna stop, stop you're not you're not gonna start again yeah the one thing I did find with the London Marathon is like obviously you get progressively more tired so like <laughs> by the last few miles you're like oh my god and then people during the day get progressively more drunk so they're oh. like come on and I'm like you try it like yeah. trust me it's harder I than think it looks my claim to fame actually is I got overtaken on this finish line by a red lobster on TV did you? And my sister was watching TV at the time so she sent me this very Nice video of me getting overtaken because I was pretty much crawling over the finish line on the last. So this is why you don't do my training plan. But <laughs> yeah. um, it is doable. And I think something I'd like to actually say is that if you are doing a marathon and you you suddenly, life gets too much, just readjust your, your aims. Yeah. Like for me that day, it was like, I'm just going to finish it. Yeah. Just going to finish it. Whatever time happens, like it happens. It's going to be a fantastic experience. And I got a little bit carried away and started basically running as a sprinter, but <laughs> it was such a great experience. And like, don't beat yourself up about it. Yeah, and like it doesn't matter what time you get. Yeah. Like, the feeling of finishing that, crossing that finish line, is like it's unexplainable. Well, I also think for you, you were, you obviously trained anyway, it's so it's not yeah. like you didn't train. Yeah. But um, definitely, and uh, this is something I found hard as well when in between the marathon having rest days mm. because I thought when I wasn't training I was one step further away from getting my target and my goal um, and taking and I really had to there were days where I would like my trainer was like look you shouldn't have trained that day like this is why you're not up to pace today and like mm. whatever so that was um, all part and parcel but I found something really interesting as well stretching so for me, because I had a bad back, I was overstretching and I'm quite double jointed. So I thought that I've always been told, stretch, stretch, cool down, cool down. And I was rolling like mad. Mm. And I was still in a lot of pain. And then I was told for me, less stretching is better because my back wasn't being held in place by any of my muscles. Um, but it's so hard to know what's right and what's wrong. And what's your opinion on like stretching before or after? Yeah, I think I think it's very specific to each individual. So all of us across our lives have built strength and weaknesses in certain muscles depending on how you've lived your life. Um, I actually work with a fantastic um, like th physical therapist who helps me because I'm on the bike a lot and therefore I'm using the same muscles mm. quite a lot. And he helps me sort of rebalance. Um, and one big thing that he discusses is like this theory around stability. So if you um, and this interlinks with stretching but if you are trying to do strength training but you can't stabilize the muscle then you shouldn't start adding weight mm. like you should be able to perfect the technique of the of the movement yep. before you start adding weight and the same thing applies for um for running yeah so like if your muscles aren't stable enough to hold your body to run um and then you're then stretch them out to open up the muscles again it's just, it's almost making it worse. Yeah. Um, and it, it's specific per individual because each muscle is, um, has an action and a function. So like certain muscles have um, a function and then they move in certain ways, right? So they're, they're there, so certain muscles are supporting other 
muscles or joints or whatever. So if the main theory or the main uh, concept you should worry about is that stability. Um, and I think what, what your training will probably be tapping into is like, if you're stretching out the muscle, the stability in the muscles is going to be like thrown out. That's completely, because I remember I had, so I normally had lower back pain and then I'd get a bad shoulder yeah. and I'd be like, why is my top shoulder hurting? He was like, they are all interlinked. So totally. like if you're having pain in your foot or and whatever. it's also it goes diagonally. Yeah. So it's from like, it's from shoulder down to your other side. So it's, it's, it's very complicated. Yeah. It seems complicated, but, um, Something really interesting as well, if mm. you're finished there. Um, I've just released a um, collaboration with Laura and Jason Kenny, who are Olympic cyclists, um, sort of track cyclists. And Jason Kenny, when I was interviewing him, basically discussed how he doesn't warm down and he doesn't stretch. And it's something that I would not recommend for your everyday gym goer. But he believes that you basically lock in the lactic acid in your body f- following the workout. And then when you tackle a new workout the next day, you're basically fighting through that lactic acid and that allows your body to adapt even further and you get stronger. It was an interesting concept. I don't know where I stand Oh, I'm it. definitely on par with <laughs> yeah. him. So you and Jason Kenny are yeah, pretty much the same. Yeah, so that's what I do because, um, you know, I'm an athlete <laughs> like him. So yeah, you and him, pretty much the same. So basically don't warm down. Yeah, So, but I do just think it's... Um, I do think... And I was saying also to you earlier... I find even doing the smallest exercises so that I got told by my physio to Mm. do these small exercises and they have been so beneficial, just like you said about your foot, um, doing the smallest exercise. Now they're just ingrained. I just make myself do them and it's like just, I don't know what what they called, like stability. Yeah. Stability, small exercises. exercises, And it makes such a difference. It's crazy. Cause it's, um, I'm trying to think of like a, a, like a way to describe it but essentially yeah if you think about like if you have to hold something up if this if the stability of it isn't there mm. you can't then drive the force yeah so those things should come as a paramount first before you start adding weight and pushing yourself 100 percent. yeah side. for sure um yeah super interesting so what's another myth or idea that you think about fitness um, and i think one interesting factor is around like gym confidence. Mm-hmm. So I think it's something we discussed before, yep. right? Um, and I think people always say, or a lot of people say to me, like they are either nervous to go to the gym or not confident enough on the equipment or don't feel confident enough to push themselves or, or don't have the motivation. Um, so I thought we'd just discuss a little bit around how to counteract sure. that. And also just like, just that as a topic for sure I had um I remember when I first started to gym and I wasn't I I had no clue basically Mm. and I was embarrassed to go alone at the fear of like going into a section and everyone knowing what to do apart from you and I still and I still get it now I find it daunting going into like a section of the gym with loads of equipment that I don't personally know how to use at the risk of feeling embarrassed um, and that's also probably leans to the fact that why I do the same weight workout because I'm, I'm too worried. But like you were saying some great tips earlier to get over this. Yeah, like I think it's something that everyone deals with. And I think that's something that um, with like anxiety or like whatever, like the, something that I've learned across years of dealing with sort of mental health and stuff like that, you, everyone feels these feelings. Yeah. So like even myself, I've been in the gym for maybe like, 
10 years now and I'll still have moments where I'm like I don't know how to do that yeah like I, I, I follow programs and I'll look at a program and be like I don't know what that is yeah so like things to counteract in I think from a fundamental basis is like first off choose the gym with care so yeah. like choose a gym that you feel comfortable in that the people that are in that gym are similar to you or at least similar sort of energy um so i go to a gym which is which is which is fantastic because everyone's there just getting their work done no one's looking at each other mm. no one's really like eyeing themselves up in the mirror it's more just you can tell everyone's there to get that one percent to get their sweat on to feel great um so yeah one pick your gym with care i think a second one is go to the gym with a partner someone yeah. who does know someone who's maybe not so far ahead of you that's going to make you feel um going to make you feel like oh I don't know how to do this and you do but someone who's maybe knows a little bit more than you that's happy to help you and happy to work with you yeah because I think the best thing about fitness is it's so like it's the community in fitness is fantastic completely um third obviously if you're really if you're really keen to learn like definitely go get a PT yeah um PTs I like to talk to them talk about them as like driving instructors so some people like to have personal trainers forever and that's that's a choice but if you can afford a personal trainer I think it's great to even if you know the basics of fitness I think it's great to have a personal trainer to teach you the the next level yeah because then if you've then built the foundation it's great to then it's easier to then learn more and more and more and like you never forget yeah the essentials so it's like when you when you have a driving instructor you learn the basics and then if you want to take it on to racing car driving, you've got to get a little bit better. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think even if it's like four or five, like four or five sessions or maybe two months of sessions with a personal trainer will literally help you so much and give you so much confidence around just simple exercises that you might look at someone in the gym and be like, that looks odd or that looks weird, but they can explain to you yeah. the reasons why you're doing it and things about your body that you might not know. I definitely think um, going with a friend... Oh. Um, is great but I, I, it's interesting what you say then because I have a lot of friends who are like yeah I'll come to the gym with you but they're like but I don't want to do the same thing you do and I'm like yeah but I promise you like you will be better than you yeah. think and people are like because they think you maybe go not saying that I go like all the time but it, even at the risk it's so true it's not someone who's leaps ahead of you because yeah. people are worried that they'll look bad and, yeah. pe- and I always have to remember even now I mean, you do get that, like, gym competitiveness, but no one's really gives a, no. a crap. Like, no, no one cares. And you realise that that's pretty much what it's like in real life as well. Yeah. People, especially if you live in London, if you don't live in London, it might be different, but I think it's pretty much everywhere. People are living their own life. Yeah. Like, like even though you might think people care, people don't care. Yeah. Um, so, actually, they, they will have respect that you're in the gym, they will have respect yeah. that you're progressing yourself, that you're you're pushing to improve yourself. I think that, that holds Completely. respect in itself, so you should be proud of that. I found, um, and something we were touching on earlier, is that also going to the gym has improved my mental health massively. Mm. Being a freelancer as well is, you don't have any routine. And I also find, I find with fitness, you can do it anywhere and it doesn't have to break your routine. So it makes me happy to wait, even if I am not working that day essentially, or I haven't got a job, it's I'll have to, I will wake up, I will go to the gym and that's how I start my day. Mm. And that for me is a 
has made me feel so much better because I remember when I was at university and I wasn't into fitness, I'd be wake. I mean, I'm sure loads of people do as well, but waking up so late at like 11, I mean like, oh, I might go to the library for a bit. And it's like, and it, it was making me unhappy and like anxious because it's about also having that sense of purpose and mm. feeling like you're kind of achieving. And for me going to the gym in the morning and starting my day and like kind of setting my intentions for, this is what I want to do today. And it's going to start with a workout definitely has improved because I I mean I struggled with anxiety and I I can't even tell you how beneficial it has been for me there's so many benefits to it and like it's, it's a very common topic and it's always dished around but I think fitness is so different for everyone and you need to find what it is that because some people it's a mental health thing a therapy thing some some people it's a performance thing Mm. but I think it all comes down to like feeling confident within yourself like whatever the workout whatever it's an overcomplicated industry but what it boils down to is just feeling more confident more uh, empowering like it empowers you right yeah you wake up in the morning feel great the endorphins are rushing through your body you have a sense of achievement you feel like you're progressing and there's just so much benefit to it yeah so for sure i also what i say to my friends recently is like i what you say about community is going to the fit going and doing fitness and then going with a friend going to do fitness going to do a workout with a friend (laughs) then going for a coffee is now my like a lovely way that i like to spend my time and i feel like i'm investing in like lovely meaningful workouts and stuff whereas before i mean i and i do don't get me wrong still go out and whatever but Mm. it used to be a lot more partying and i've changed my lifestyle to a healthier and happier for sure. relationship and my friendships are like going to the gym and I, I, I love it mm. it's such a nice community and it's an interesting sort of shift in society and there's still a massive massive um, need to let your hair down and, and go and party and, and sort of yeah. drink and whatever but it's like it's such a nice alternative isn't for sure. it when you're not wanting to go do that so for sure have you seen Game Changers? I definitely have, yeah. And are you a meat eater? I am a meat eater. Um, my girlfriend's actually vegan, so she's vegan, so I actually eat a fair bit of plant-based food, and like, I actually went through a bit of a month sort of like trial of like testing out, and I would say like, I do see the health benefits of eating plant-based food, like I think it's fantastic. Um, I, I stick to eating meat for various reasons, like I think you can still get um, amazing macronutrients in meat, like the downsides to, or the, the potential downsides and in inverted columns to meat are more related around like processed foods. Mm. Um, so if you're choosing high quality meats, like all the negative press around um, meat is normally pushed aside. Yeah. Um, and I, I like to think of eating sort of rich, um, nutrient dense food should be the priority over like meat or not yeah so for sure I think everyone needs to find their own completely path. I definitely I did think that it was interesting to watch that um, documentary but I also thought it was very biased in biased. some way completely <laughs> I mean I was saying earlier when you watch Cowspiracy or Game Changers yeah. and then I come away I mean I'm so guilty of doing this watching a programme like that and I'm like I'm vegan now have you seen Game Changers and, and then, then after like two weeks you're oh, like oh and then I do it changes. like bacon sandwiches completely completely <laughs> I mean I think it's just more about being conscious about what you put into your body for sure and, and I think something we discussed before is around like 
a lot of the um, the studies that go into this like showcase that a lot of vegan or um, plant-based eaters are more aware of the food they're putting in their body. Mm-hmm. So even though the studies show that like plant-based eating is great, a lot of yeah. it is to do with the fact that meat eaters don't take as much care. Yeah, and that's not a, that's not like a every meat eater doesn't yeah, yeah, take yeah. care. It's a a general overall statistic. Completely. Um, so it's it's really interesting. I think it will be interesting to see as plant based food becomes more of a even more of a phenomenon in the UK and like around the UK whether it will shift. But I, I don't see it shifting fully anytime soon. Well, I do think oat milk is on the rise. Oat milk's they've brand themselves so well. Oatly do the best advert. I only drink oat milk these days. Do you? Yeah. When you have thing is I think I don't like dairy now. So the other day I had a coffee and I was like, oh, this is (laughs) dairy. But is that like London? Is that like... Oh, probably. (laughs) I mean, it's probably like... A funny story. I went to um, Leeds the other day to a store visit for Peloton. I went to, um, you know, Tortilla. Yeah. The... Is it like Mexican place? It's not really Mexican, you know what I mean? But, um, (laughs) Yeah. But it is Mexican-ish. And I said, hi, mate, do do you do kombucha? And he was like, Sorry? (laughs) <laughs> you asked it and he was like he was like just think of like normal like simple drinks mate and I was like I'm sorry I forgot I'm not in London <laughs> yeah well even the, I mean I went to a really lovely restaurant in um, Brighton the other day and I was like could I just get an, an oat milk flat white and she was like like some places I think yeah. look at you in like disgust like <laughs> yeah. well, sorry we only have normal milk like, here yeah they're like sorry <laughs> yeah, it's funny how that industry is changing. Mm. I think it's on the rise. Completely. Right, well, I do think that's all we have time for, that's sadly. That's a shame. I think we can go on for, for ages, can't we? I know. Well, I mean, we've been going for nearly an hour. <laughs> um, but I've lit- I've loved having you on the show. And you guys can catch Ben um, cycling on Peloton. Yes, definitely do. If you haven't checked it out yet, there's, there's an app which you can download, but there's also, obviously, the um, renowned bike. If you haven't seen the other yet, it's... There's a strange guy cycling on a bike um, um, on the other. <laughs> but yeah, definitely check it out. Um, otherwise, if you've got any questions, I'm on Instagram, mm. I'm Benjamin Aldis. Um, always happy to help. I think the great thing about this industry is that people generally are willing to help because it's a giving industry. So yeah, completely. reach out, ask questions, and hope you enjoyed it. Well, thanks guys for listening. Um, catch you next week. Bye. If you'd like to get in touch about anything to do with the podcast or just to say hey, our email address, and when I say our, I definitely mean just me, is what they don't tell you about pod at gmail.com. Very nice and long for you to write down. <laughs>